0: Welcome to the Broadcast Sport Podcast. I'm senior reporter Max Miller, and this week I'm talking to the makers of documentary series such as Drive to Survive and Unchained, Box to Box's head of sport and factual Warren Smith, about the company's latest behind the scenes documentary series, Breakpoint Series 2, as well as the keys to producing the genre and its future.
1: So my name is Warren Smith. I am the Head of Sport and Factual and Executive Producer at box to box Films. Um, I've been at box to box Films for over three and a half years now, and I work closely with James and Paul, the founders of the company, to deliver our, our sports documentary series and then also looking uh, at non-sport um, returnable series as well. Okay, cool. And so we're here today because Breakpoint Season 2, while well, it's all
0: out, every episode's out now, isn't it, on Netflix? And so going into that second season, what's new? What have you tried to build on from the first season? Um, Or were you happy with how it went and you're trying to continue it?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we went into Australia. I mean, as you see in episode one, uh, the Netflix curse was real. Uh, It was a real thing that, that was not just spoken about in the small circuit of us making the show. It was on sort of global global news articles in japan australia the us about the fact that sort of pretty much every single player that we were were following from season one was going out not not actually just going out was going out at a very early stage which they shouldn't have been um and obviously the media loves to sort of spin spin a story and and you know for us we were we were sort of always we always go into every tournament with you know a handful of of key characters that we want to follow and Sabalenka was definitely one of those we, we we really enjoyed following her the team did a great job following her in season one and we wanted to build on that relationship so we were following her story throughout regardless and you know obviously sometimes um things fall for you and okay everybody else fell away but we were able to capture her winning her first major in quite an emotional manner so um so yes, we wanted to do that. And for the rest of the series, it's about sort of, um, you know, hopefully these series will run and run and, and and you don't just want to just pick up with exactly the same characters. You want to evolve. You want to tell new stories. And I think we were able to do that this year. You know, we had some new additions to the se- season. Other people that had smaller roles had bigger roles and vice versa. People that had bigger roles had smaller roles. So I think it's about sort of looking for when that where those stories come up. And, you know, tennis is a tricky is a tricky world you know those players are on on the road pretty much 365 days a year you know they do have off seasons here and there but they're very short in comparison to sports like football or or anything like that so so yeah so it's just about sort of evolving the characters and hopefully developing that so that we can um, you know make the Netflix viewers feel like they're learning even more.
0: Yeah and how do you I guess it's a case of working alongside those players and kind of getting as close as you can to them but at the same time making sure that they're happy with what's going on so they'll let you stay there kind of thing how do you build a relationship and kind of maintain it
1: yeah every show that we do is is, is has a similar sort of um team structure but it's always very important for the producer directors to sort of build a personal relationship individually and then also people like myself and my role and the showrunner Darren Lovell and James and Paul to to really build a relationship not only with the the sort of tournaments but with the sort of agents and the wider worlds because you know as we know sport isn't just yeah they are individuals but they've all got big machines behind them and uh and you've just got to keep those you know those relationships working but it's really really important that the the boots on the ground the the producers the directors are building trust with those players and a lot of that trust was built in season one and then build and you know and then evolves into season two and I think that was um you know that shows when you get to be in those moments which no other cameras have seen. I think that's when, you know, box to box, we we do our best work because, you know, you don't just want to be following the press line that everybody else sees. You want to be following the bits that no one's seen.
0: Obviously, that's as you mentioned, that story probably was slightly different than you were expecting when you started off um, in terms of some players not doing as well as you would expect and other than Sabalenka, for example, going right to the top. So... How do you stay kind of able to adapt to that?
1: Yeah, I think sort of for a tennis tournament in particular, it's obviously a two-week event with pretty much a three-week event at a major because it was Grand Slam because, you know, you're building into that tournament. People are coming in if they've not, you know, if they've not done so well at the, 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 the lead-up tournaments, they're coming in early, they're getting their practice rounds. We get a lot of great access at that time. And you you just have to, you have to just pick your battles and you have to sort of stick with your guns. I think like any storytelling, we obviously are doing these sports access documentaries that you know they've been going for many years but in our style is is sort of relatively new but i think we're not interested necessarily always in just the story of the encore on the track on the golf course we want to tell the personal stories and i think sort of you know that that means that we have to sort of build relationships with these people over time and we have to sort of be there and be happy that, you know, even if the narrative that we're following doesn't go well, it doesn't mean we have to always pivot. You know, it's like anything. You need a beginning, middle and end of any story. Because if you, have, you know, if you try and scattergun everything and you have 20 beginnings, no middles and two ends, it, it's not going to be very compelling. So I think that's the key. And we've got a great team of producers, as I say, that work there and almost a, like a war room where they're sort of working out this, you know, grids on the wall at the tennis tournaments. They're working out what what permutations of who could actually come up against who in which round. And because actually tennis, although it's tricky because it's a knockout competition, anybody could go out, you know, you can slightly plot and see uh, who might face each other. And I do think in season two, there's a little bit more rivalry. We've managed to get, you know, things where people actually do come and face off against people that, you know, are, are direct competitors um, a little bit more. Um, so I think that's something we've tried to achieve this season.
0: I guess getting those rivalries is really important because that's something which has helped with your other documentaries, like kind of with Drive to Survive and stuff. It's obviously a big part of it. Um, so... Obviously, you don't want to encourage people to be, to be rivals kind of thing. But is it kind of just a bit of a luck of the draw or is it?
1: No, I think sort of, you know, sport is sport. I think anybody who's played sport at an amateur level knows that, you know, rivalries is just part of the game. Um, and I think these worlds, when you look at sort of, you know, you know, we look at Rune versus Alcaraz, you know, they've come up together through, you know, through the ranks. Um even the same, you know, when you look at Nadal or Djokovic or Murray and you know, they've 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 not just landed on a scene and, and all of a sudden they meet these these people for the first time in a sort of ATP tour event. You know, they've come through the youth event. So rivalries are just naturally there. And then it's whether it's a rivalry of a nation where, you know, America hasn't had the 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 greatest success in in tennis over the last few years. And and there's a high expectation in that in that country. So, you know, when with the American Boys, with Tommy Paul, with TFO, with Fritz, it was about, you know, these are the next generation. And then at the end, someone, you know, Ben Shelton comes through and just smashes them out of the park. And then you think, well, where's that going for the next sort of? five to 10 years. So it's about sort of being there at the moment to sort of document those things about the changing of the guard, you know, Coco Goff this season in, in the U S open it's, you know, Serena, we, we captured very well last year, her, her final sort of dance at the U S open. And it's about sort of the next, you know, the changing of the guard and the next generation coming through. So, you know, we go for the rivalries that are naturally there. We don't try and, you know, falsely sort of project a rivalry onto two individuals because, if it's not real, it's not real. But, you know, it's quite clear that in any sort of competitive environment, rivalries exist. So you're just going to sniff them out. No, definitely. And how do you, um, well, we spoke about a lot of the athletes that were involved. So
0: how do you choose which ones are best to follow, I guess? Because in tennis, so it's not like Formula One or something where there's a set amount. Tennis there's hundreds of players.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's it's all about sort of who's got a story that year. I mean, we've had people that were season one that, you know, they didn't really, you know, if a player is middling the entire season there's no peaks and troughs so you've got to go where the stories are you've got to hunt them out so you know we we do like to focus but we also we do spread our our wings and say right where's those narratives we also talk to the individuals themselves and say you know what's your narrative this year where where do you see yourself progressing this year and then we follow them on those journeys so it's about sort of being in the right place at the right time but also trying to make sure that we aren't as i said earlier just telling the story of an event I think you know season one was very much you know this is australian open it all happens here and although episode one's very much that uh with the Sabalenka rep because she obviously completes her circle winning the grand slam i think the other episodes try to to sort of evolve a bit more across an, a narrative that isn't just sort of uh one one event based um so it's following them on a journey through you know a, a period of time whether that's a few weeks or a few months
0: yeah okay and speaking kind of more widely i guess about the genre there's obviously been a lot of these kind of behind the scenes documentaries following sports people and and competitions and things a lot from yourselves so how do you stop it from being kind of formulaic and make how do you make it stand out amongst that crowd
1: i think you've got to look for what's what's different in each individual sport i think what we try to do at box to box is we you know, we will have a DNA and the fact that we don't lead with voiceover, we basically try and let the, the characters tell their own stories. But I don't think we try and make anything cookie cutter. I think if you look at Drive to Survive, to Full Swing, to Breakpoint, to Tour de France, you know, there's a nod and you can tell they're probably made by a similar team, but they all are looking at different elements of the story. Some have a high octane, you know, actual life and death stakes. Others have stakes that are on a different level. Um, When you look at, you know... You know the individual sport of of tennis is about sort of how you know those individuals are you know getting themselves up and out there every single event and you know there's a huge amount of pressure. You know what other event do you constantly have your world ranking attached to your name? It's almost like you like you know you don't have that in most other sports. So it's sort of they're constant and it's like you know someone looks at like the world 35, you think oh they're not that great, and you think well actually they are. They're the 35th best player in the world. So. I think that's like that, you know, golf has its own other issues. There's the whole sort of um, seismic sort of global live versus PGA storyline that we're following, which gives you that drama. And then when you look at Tour de France, which I would say could be as close to drive to survive in terms of natural stakes and danger, you know, they're, they're throwing themselves, not throwing themselves, they're riding down at sort of miles per hour down these mountains where in a in a, you know sheet of lycra and you know if they go over that mountain that's it um that's not you know in any way sort of made up stakes that is the reality of that sport as we saw this year you know with a with a cyclist passing away just before the start of the tour so i think sort of we're always looking for what is the individual sports usp and then it's about character you know sports people are sports people and i think a long time ago people would think that sports people were a bit boring and i think that's because of the live sport um, element is just you know they are just a a character in a game really and I think sort of what we try and do is make them you know show that they are humans you know I've just been watching a cut for our full swing series with Rory McIlroy and you think well actually he's not exactly he's, he's a completely different to what you think he is when you see him on Sky Sports or a you know an NBC so it's about really capturing them and 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 again I'll go back to what we spoke about at the top it's about trust and it's about those producers and directors building that trust so they're not trying to make gotcha programs they're trying to build that trust so that actually it's the most real you've ever seen that athlete because all of these players they get media trained from a very young age so you're trying to sort of do a complete opposite of what their media training is and sort of get what what they were like pre-media training so the authentic nature
0: i guess yeah you've got a to kind of combat that media training. So what kind of techniques can you use to kind of get them to come out of their shell and
1: I think the big thing is something that James and you know James Gay Reese who who is, you know, one of the executive producers and founders of Box to Box has done, you know, when he whether it was Amy, whether it was Senna, it's you know, we do ways of interviewing where we don't always go full lights camera action straight away. We try and have, you know, conversations that, you know, essentially are a research chats, but also could feature in the series. And and they're great because they give us an element of right okay well what what's the world saying about you but what do you really think and where do you think your story is at the moment and also sometimes you just you know you never with those with those type of audio interviews you never really want to go with a sheet of paper with a load of questions because actually you don't want to feel tied to that and right i'm going to read question two is you know how do you feel it's more about okay well you went off in a bit of a direction there that we weren't expecting but let's go down that alley, you know that route and i think that's the best form of interviewing anyway it's not being sort of restricted with okay well I've been sent with these five questions these lines that I must get for the edit it's about actually right we thought we were going in in with this sort of angle with Brooks Kepka, but actually Brooks opens up about this and we're just going to let that run through and we're going to find out about you know a goal for everybody thinks is arrogant but actually turns out is in a tough place in his life and we're going to then be able to take that interview and then look for those key beats across the year um, you know whether it be Sabalenka at the beginning of you know, Breakpoint season two, when she talks about her father and you know his his background and the pressure that she felt, and then you realise in those interviews that actually her mum was like, well, he always, you know, he was proud of you anyway. You don't need to win this great grand slam, and you feel that sort of pressure lifting off her shoulders. So I think, you know, that's very important not to just go in and go right, okay, you get fifteen minutes with this player or driver, etc., and you've got to do the sort of you know we are, you know, we don't want to be seen as the BBC, the Sky Sports, the NBCs, CBSs, if the world where you get your fifteen minutes of um interview time and that's it. Because if we do that, we're only really going to get another version of that. You know, we'd much prefer to film over the shoulder of their interviews, but then ours take a different world. And if the world's press is looking one way at box to box, we want our teams to turn the cameras and look in the opposite direction because usually that's where the in the shadows is where the stories are.
0: Yeah, definitely. And is that something? Obviously you guys at box to box have kind of made this genre your your niche i guess it's kind of what you what you're best at is that something you're going to continue to be concentrating on are you going to be looking at other areas to expand into you, is it like what kind of what are you open to
1: yeah we've got some we slightly i mean look box to box itself you know dna really pre pre-drive survive was feature documentaries um you know amy senna maradona ronaldo stephen gerrard you know the list goes on, and I think sort of more of that is definitely somewhere we want to look at the the biopics, but then also sort of the documentary space itself is is somewhere we're we're looking to sort of push more into. But then also, you know, we we want to uh, take some of this this sort of style of program making and put it into could we do it in the music space? Can we look at you know other genre you know in food and and et cetera et cetera? So I think that's something we want to do, and then again, you know. These shows that we're making drive survives a huge brand, and you know it drops once a year, and then it disappears. You know, are there formats around those those worlds that we could be looking at? So it's it's an ever evolving sort of situation which we're we're excited about at the moment. It's a, it's an exciting time to to be at Box to Box because we have a lot of what I believe great series that are you know can evolve, but then also have many different facets to them and have these spin off series that aren't just about the access. On the track or in the pit lane but also about the worlds separate to the, those that we could sort of also follow
0: yeah definitely in that kind of i guess diversification almost um adds what kind of leads on to what i was going to ask which was audiences have seen a lot of the kind of like the, you know the break point the full swing drive to swipe that behind the scenes documentary do you think and it seems like every sorry it seems like every sport is trying to make one basically at the moment whether with you guys or with someone else um so do you think there is a kind of a, a peak
1: I don't see why this can't just be part of the sort of future. I think live sport has been the future. We were talking about it recently where, you know, people talk a lot in TV about season one, two, three, four, five. And I think sort of the way we look at our shows isn't in those seasons. It's more, okay, they are season six of drive. It's season, you know, two or three of full swing, but it's about the 2023 season. You know, you don't look at Sky Sports Football and go, OK, we're on season 32 of um, Premier League football. We're not. We're just following the story of the sports world. And I think taking those shackles of it being season and actually looking at the different stories that we need to tell and we're not sort of wedded to, OK, we're in season 10 now. OK, what are we are going to do different in the way that you might do in a sort of normal TV series? I think that gives it a sense of freedom um, to tell the right stories. And also the brilliant thing about sport, there's no better world than sport for storytelling because there's always someone coming for someone's job there's always someone that's coming in that's fresh and new and also there's always someone that's exciting and young that's coming in as well it's not like very often that you get an old boring person coming through and being like oh wait a minute he's going to come in and take her or she's going to come in so I think sort of just by the nature of sport it talks to a world that is ever evolving and you know as we're seeing you know the younger players coming through they're more adept with social media they're more open with their lives and therefore just makes it a bit more open with the storytelling that we can do so I definitely don't see it as going anywhere I think sort of there'll be some that come and go but I think you know it's about access it's about who wants to lean in and you know I certainly found you know in when we went into the golf world you know I wasn't expecting the stories that we can tell but that only really comes because of the players letting you in. And the world seeing the benefits of 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 letting you in, so I think sort of that's a big point. I do think a lot of the shows that we do at Box to Box are the wider worlds. We don't do very many where we do one individual team because I think you know sometimes, and I'm not saying that because I'm sure at some point we'll do an individual team, but you know sometimes they can feel a little bit like puff pieces that are led by you know the comms teams in those individuals. But when you look at, we've got a series coming up in the next few weeks around. The, the six nations and you get all six nations and you have to get all of their stories and the same with drive survive you've got all teams so you're not making a pr piece for red bull versus mercedes versus sort of pass. you're making sort of an, an ensemble and i think that allows for greater storytelling because essentially you're not you know doing it for an individual football team etc where you know they've got to promote that club
0: obviously you mentioned the six nations documentary that's coming out soon is it obviously that was in the headlines last year because of the the wales team were well i don't think they were unhappy with you but they were unhappy with other stuff and that was a side effect it affected you that they didn't want to be filming um so how did that i mean in that situation or in any situation where you come up against something which maybe stops you getting the access that you wanted how do you deal with that
1: that was just a well publicized version i think that's just part of our job um Mm -hmm. we're constantly meeting with you know with agents with teams with with sort of management etc etc there's always something that people you know everybody's skeptical of well people can be skeptical about all of this and i think our job is just to again show that we're not we're not here to sort of catch people out you know we want to make sure that we are Telling the most honest version of the story, but also sort of making sure that we're not stitching anybody up, and we're not gonna, we're not in the game to to stitch people up. But if there's a real story that's happening, I think we're gonna follow it. And I think sort of you've seen in Drive, Survive enough where you know someone's a quote unquote a villain in one series, you know they get their redemption. Um, And I think sort of with the Wales situation, it was a bigger. It wasn't, as you said, it wasn't to do with anything to do with with us, but I just think in terms of you know there was bigger bigger play and it's just you know netflix is a big global organization it's a big sort of splashy piece so i think it was just you know used for that perspective really
0: no definitely it's a, it's a good headline for us at least um <laughs> so the way you're speaking you kind of it makes it sound like basically any sport is a candidate for this kind of documentary for this kind of work um but is there kind of an effort that goes into choosing a sport or or an athlete or something which like how do you find a good fit i guess for this kind of format
1: i think we've shown with our surf series that it wasn't necessarily doesn't need to always be the biggest sport it's about you know what's the world like what's the sort of you know is it an escapist piece is it you know about a a, a niche sport that people have never seen before but i think you know the headline is if people were into a sport, they're going to want it. I mean, eventually, hopefully we can make a Premier League series and that would be, you know, hugely successful. I think, you know, football is something that, you know, you want to go after. I think the way we make the choices is is are we, are we interested in the stories? I think it always comes down to that fundamentally. We don't just take any sport and just say, right, we can run with it. We get a lot of incoming and obviously we have to make those choices, but not only with Netflix, we don't just make our shows with Netflix, you know, with Apple, with Amazon, etc. We've got to, you know, what are they interested in? You know, where's the world there? And and obviously those those streamers are global. So what, you know, what we're finding now is, you know, what might be interesting to, you know, for example, Tour de France, that came through the Paris office because essentially it has to land in France first because it's such a sort of organisation and so important to that, that country. Um, so, you know, that was something. And we're finding that across the board, you know, golf had to land in America first. And so we're looking at sports that really you know, will land in the first in the nation first, but then also can can travel and there will be an interest. But that doesn't mean it has to be the biggest and best sport in the world in live, because we feel like, you know, in the way that we did with Formula One, you know, we can bring it to a new audience. That's what these documentaries are for, really.
0: In that case, then, yeah, it can, it can almost work with anything as long as there is the access and the, the characters. And, well, I'm aware we're, we're running on with time. So my next kind of section was kind of what's next up for your for box of box and for the documentary space in general because obviously there was a boom in documentaries over the last few years and then recently it has been the commissioning slowdown streamers have started to cut back a little bit so um what do you think could be could be the next steps do you think there's you know how do you think it's going to fare over the next 12 months
1: I think we've been very lucky I've got to say with the industry I think sort of and mainly because obviously sports continue even during the COVID period into this other slowdown, it's, it's something that people want. They want that escapism. Um, So from the sports, taking the sports documentary side, first of all, foremost, we, we've, you know, we have always been a a British production company that sort of is very U S facing, but we have actually set up a, office in la now so we're doing a lot of shows with you know us sports so we've got a lot of exciting projects that are coming out and will be announced in the next few months one being announced today actually um which is really exciting then obviously we've got a european arm as well we've opened an office um which was a joint venture with a with a with a drama company called quad um and it's called quad box in in paris And, and that really you know is what we make tour de france through but there's obviously lots of opportunities we did a series with the billionaire butler and the boyfriend around the l'oreal affair and and essentially that was globally hugely successful so for us as box to box we're not sort of pigeon ourselves pigeonholing ourselves in as just sport but we know that we're very lucky at this moment in time to be doing it and you know we've got great relationships with with the streamers and um, long may it continue really i think it's sort of listening to them and hearing what do they want and what do they think is missing you know the other day as i said we have a lot of incoming i spoke to someone on Netflix and was like but what do you guys want and they said something you know we've had incoming we were like oh actually we weren't really thinking that that was something at this moment so it's all about just having your ear to the ground listening and and sort of taking those meetings with people that do want to come in and say right what about this what about that but also sort of you know going out there and finding your own your own way as well taking direction from what everyone
0: else (laughs) being very flexible and taking direction from elsewhere I guess I Uh, think
1: we are a box to box I think we're very open I think we do a lot of collaborations um with sort of you know other producers etc so I think we're very sort of open as a, as a company for sure and and it's never like oh, well this is the box the box way or the highway we're open to sort of like talk to people with you know whether it be different genres or or other angles we're, we're always looking for, for for new and improved ways of telling story I think we always want to be at the forefront I think Amy and Senna sort of changed the way those sort of Biopics were made. I think Formula One Drive survived changed that, and I think we're always looking for what's the new way of doing that, whether it's in music, whether it's in another sort of genre. So that's where we're we're looking in the next twelve months for sure.
0: Yeah, and in terms of, of then the industry more widely, I guess, do you what do you expect? Do you expect another year where it might be a bit slower? Or do you think it could pick up again now?
1: I'm on the wrong side of yeah. the fence. I'm not within sort of the organisations like a Netflix or an Amazon, but you know, I think the conversation we're having is really positive, and hopefully, there will be. You know, for everybody in the industry a, a bit of a boom in the next 12 months i think that's what we're hoping for for more of the same but also to sort of move into as i say like you know do we do we you know we've got a lot of exciting projects whether it be in scripted or possibly un, uh, in unscripted or possibly scripted as well so i think that's what we're hoping is that it's uh, you know the world opens up and everybody is able to get you know get things sold
0: Thanks for listening to the Broadcast Sport podcast. You can find more of our content at broadcastnow.co.uk broadcast-sport. Meanwhile, make sure to subscribe and we'll see you for the next one.